0: 2019 was kind of a breakout year for budget, or at least lower end smartphones. And we're seeing a trend in 2020 where that's really going to increase. I'm Jason Cipriani with Jason Perlow. This is Jason Squared, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. So Jason, budget-friendly, mid-tier smartphones, there's a reason that they're hitting, you know, the sub $500, $600 price point. What is that?
1: That's because the regular smartphones cost over $1,000, Jason. (laughs)
0: Yeah, right. But there's a key component to making that price point realistic, right?
1: Yes. So um, primarily what we're looking at is certain chipsets being released by the primarily component manufacturers. Now, we really, in the Android space, we have to start with Qualcomm, right? Because Qualcomm makes the Snapdragon series of processors and, and, you know, wireless chipsets that go into basically every single Android smartphone in existence save for a few companies, which we'll get into. Um, the the Snapdragon 855 series is what we were using last year in the the what we would call the, the hero or the or the you know the, the, the flagship, flagship the flagships your smart your 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 S10s, your Note 10s, your Pixel 4s, um mo- all those things, right? Use the, the Snapdragon 855 series chip. And that was pretty much uh and the bill of materials that were used along with the x uh i think it's the x5 modem or is the x15 uh LTE modem uh made basically that 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 basic set of parts available to all the major manufacturers now that unfortunately most of the phones that were using that chip you know were ended up being over 700 dollars you know in, right. in terms of you know that was kind of like the base cost you know and, and so that that that's that's problematic, right? So what they're we looking to do is is produce a, a a more of a lower end chip that had decent capabilities, and we we started to see that with the seven hundred series last year, um, but they weren't quite powerful enough uh, to really reach the the capabilities of the eight six eight sixty uh, or the eight fifty series. Now there's going to be an eight six five series for the for the flagship phones this year, but that's still going to be expensive. Now there is a chip called the the seven 20G series, sure, yeah. That Qualcomm is just introduced at CES. Um, that will have very fast, uh, you know, uh, GPU capabilities for your 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 you know your kids that are gamers. Plus, it's got Wi-Fi 6 capabilities. Um, so it should be a, a, a game changer for the low end. So you should be able to see phones in the $400 or less range with this 720G chip that have some pretty darn good capabilities. You know, they, they shouldn't be, be phones that people should say, ah, you know, I, I feel underpowered or I can't, I can't play my games. I can't do my stuff. They should be very responsive phones at the $400 level with this particular chipset.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, smartphones reaching $1,000, the four-figure price mark uh, a few years ago was kind of nauseating. And you and I have talked about it quite a bit that it, it's just too extreme. And at some point it has to, has to break, right? But then comes along 5G and then we see a few hundred dollars added onto that already expensive price like with the galaxy s10 5g or the note 10 5g you know we're pushing 12 14 1500 for the base model 5g phone it, it just it, it was getting a little tiring so seeing lower end phones come about you know hitting the 400 price range 200 there's been some really good phones in 2019 but looking forward to 5g qualcomm saw this trend and they're also releasing the snapdragon 765 which is a mid-tier processor which is going to be more affordable for manufacturers and by extension consumers, that also introduces 5G connectivity to the phones. Now, we're not sure exactly what the price points for those phones are going to be and how much that's going to add to the you know overall cost. But the fact that Qualcomm has the foresight and the wherewithal to say, hey, you know, we probably should come up with a mid-tier 5G solution so we're not charging $1,400 or you know, manufacturers aren't charging $1,400 for a smartphone, says a lot, and, and it, I'm really looking forward to some of those mid-tier 5g smartphones now so let's talk about manufacturers makers of these phones and and kind of what we're expecting this year Uh, let's start with motorola lenovo owns them they're a great company they've had some really good budget-friendly smartphones
1: Uh, what do you think I think Motorola is a, a sort of, you know, uh, an under-the-radar player for, you know, a lot of the tech industry when we talk about smartphones, but also in the general public, you know, when, you know, when people say, oh, the new Samsung's coming out, I got to get a new Samsung, um, Motorola makes a fantastic phone for the money. In fact, um, the G7, which was kind of last year's uh, low-end, you know, b- budget phone flagship for Motorola, um, is at a really good price point right now. Um, the, uh, and they just came out with the G8, which is uh, the sequel to that phone. That, the high-end version of that phone is $250. The G8 Play, which is sort of the, the, the lower spec version of that phone, which I think would be fine for kids, is $150. Um, you can still get G7s, at you know, the high-end G7s, probably in the, in the $200 range now. Um, if you look enough it's a solid okay it's a solid device for teens who are text and facebook and instagram driven with a, a ton of features on them I, it's, it's a great phone for the money
0: yeah I, I reviewed multiple g7 variants last year and enjoyed using every single one of them the uh they had multiple cameras you know the high-end flagship like features you know a zoom in and a zoom out via the camera portrait mode the displays were great they're not 1080p high-definition wow. displays, but 720p displays are just fine for most people. Battery life was phenomenal. That's part of having a lower-end processor that doesn't require as much power uh, and a display that doesn't require as much power to uh, light up as well. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Motorola has coming. There's rumors of a new G8 and a G8 Power that have a pull punch display that is you know, yep. just a single dot in the display to allow for the front facing camera so be interesting to see over the coming months what motorola does there now zte is a company that has the axon line i haven't used any of their products for a few years but i know you recently got some time with the axon pro 10 uh, and leading into this year
1: it's a phenomenal phone for the money. I think you can, you can buy one right now on the street for about uh, $449. Crazy. It uses the same, it uses the same Qualcomm 855 that the Pixel 4 uses, that the S10 uses, that the Note 10 uses. You can get one with eight or 12 gigs of RAM. It's got our 256 gigabytes of storage is standard in them. It doesn't have the highest end display that, that, that you know, the, the Samsung has. But at the same time, $449 for yeah. that type of a phone with the, with, the, with the components that are in it. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I could ridiculous. buy three of those phones for what I paid for my iPhone
0: 11 Pro Max, which is, it's, that's saying a lot. And you're getting a good quality phone, uh, Android phone, that uh, runs, you know, pretty well from what you've said. So OnePlus is another uh, phone maker who has done a lot in the few they years have. it's been around. They started off at the very low end. They're starting to creep higher and higher with premium devices. You know, it's $700 range. They've actually hit $599 with the OnePlus 7T. Yep. And, you know, these are high quality phones that use all of the same core components as what Samsung uses and other high end manufacturers. Uh, have you got a chance to play around with any of the OnePlus
1: phones? Um, you know, I had the, the you know, I, I started with the one plus one, and um, I then got to the play with the one plus six a couple of years later. I think the one plus six was a great phone for the money. I think I, it, you can still find them out there if, if yeah. you look hard enough. And it's a solid phone. It has been updated to Android ten. So, uh, and I know one has, has the seven been upgraded to ten yet? I, I'm, I'm I'm not sure, but yeah, I, yeah, it has. Yeah. So all those phones have modern software on them, and um, they support
0: good, those phones. Yeah.
1: For years, it, it, you know, yeah.
0: Android makers don't really support their phones, especially when it comes to budget devices. But OnePlus continues to issue software updates for older phones that most manufacturers would have abandoned by now.
1: Yeah. And so that there, it, it's a it's a it's a no brainer buy, especially if you get one at a good price is, is, is what I'm going to say. Um, so when we start getting talking about Chinese companies, right, uh, the 800 pound Chinese grill in the room, which we wish we would see more of in the United States Absolutely. is Huawei well. Uh, and of course, we had this trade war going on with China. Um, recently, I think there, there might be an opening for it because um, the UK recently just allowed Huawei to build out the 5G network in the UK. That was the announcement this week. They're going to allow them to do it uh, with some oversight, which means that their phones will still be in the UK. Right now, we don't import uh, Huawei or um, their, their their company, which is Honor, that they use heavily in Latin America and in the EMEA. Uh, which is a kind of a, a budget brand of Huawei phone. Huawei makes their own chips; they don't buy them from Qualcomm. Um, their 980 and 990 Kirin series processors are very powerful, um, and I mean, they've done benchmark tests against Qualcomm, and they beat them in a couple of categories. I find them to be more power efficient, generally speaking. Um, so, solid, solid technology company. Now. Sure. I think that if we were to allow them into the United States, I think it would would really cause things to be much more competitive than they are now, especially at the, the super premium level, Prices would have to be driven down. Um, the main concern with Huawei going forward is whether or not they can maintain uh, their Google Play licensing. And if they can't, what can they replace it with? Right. You know? Yeah.
0: As of right now, they don't have a Google Play licensing for any new products you know they just struck a deal with TomTom to provide maps and navigation on the products available outside of the us but the android phone that you buy from huawei or the honor brand right now is just an open source project that huawei has customized the software on you won't find any google services on it you won't find gmail google maps none of that it's you know, Huawei and Honor are a great brand to talk about, but until things loosen up here in the U.S., it's unfortunate that consumers are going to miss out on that. Yeah,
1: we're being deprived of it, essentially, uh, and for an artificial reason, no no other reason. So uh, speaking of their Google licensing, um, so Google came out with the Pixel 3a in May of 2019. Now, I, I thought this was a phenomenal phone for the money. Um, I think it was at was at at three ninety nine it was released at or, originally yeah
0: three ninety nine and i think three seventy nine for the x l
1: yeah and and you know there was some a little bit of Michigas going on with the with the storage amounts and things like that, but for the most part, it was a great phone. I actually thought it was a better offering than the pixel four, which came very late in the year. It was a very expensive device that I think disappointed when compared with what Samsung and all the other Android players offered, let alone Apple. Um, the 4A might be the better phone for people this year, assuming it comes out in the same time frame it did, which would be May. Yeah. And it would depend on what chip drives it, whether it's going to be, you know, last year's 720s, or they're going to go with the new set, the 720G or, or the 765. Um, if they maintain that pricing at 399 I think it would be a great product.
0: Yeah, my top pick for budget-friendly phones last year in 2019 was the Pixel 3A or 3a XL. It was a great phone, affordable, you could find them on sale for 299 or less yeah. at at sometimes your Amazon did all these flash sales where it was just ridiculously cheap to get a Pixel phone which has Google's monthly updates, you know, Google Photos backup, all that stuff that Google is known for with its Pixel lineup, but very cheap, and they kept the camera the same as their top-end phone, which is the biggest draw to Pixel overall, I think. So Pixel, hopefully we'll see Pixel 4a, 4a XL here in May-ish. I know there's already rumors, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what what Google does there. Samsung has its own version of low-end phones. It's usually the A-series. I really recently reviewed the Samsung uh, A50, which was a great $250, $300 unlocked phone that works on any carriers. Basically, it is a cheaper version of the Galaxy S10 with uh, all the same features. I Honestly, in my two weeks using the phone, I didn't see really that big what, of a difference. What did they
1: cheap out on on that phone?
0: Uh, it's a different processor and the display. It, so. I don't remember the exact processor off the top of my head. Are they using their
1: own Exynos or are they using a, a Qualcomm? And yeah, they're using their own stuff. That's so, probably why, yeah. Yep,
0: and, and the display wasn't, you know, the Quad HD, all of that. Right. But outside of, I would have never guessed that that was a $250, $300 phone. The A-series phones are great. I know they've recently announced the A70, I believe. And these are all phones that are, if you love Samsung's products, their interface and the way they work, you really can't go wrong with any of Samsung's A series devices.
1: Cool. Um, so I know we had a, a cheap five G phone that was announced at uh, at CES. Did yeah, you have a chance it, to look at that it, thing?
0: It was a TCL Ten series, is what it was. So TCL is behind all and they own the BlackBerry brand for phones now. Um, they also make TVs. That's what they're most known for. But they own all these sub brands of smartphones and. So finally, TCL came out and said, we're going to announce our own premium brand of phones. We're going to call it the 10 Series, but we're still going to hit our affordable price point that we're known for. So what stole the show for me, and this was announced at CES, was the 10 Series 5G. And Mm. we don't know much about it yet. They're going to announce more about it next month um, at Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. But they have said they will release a 5G Android-powered phone for under $500, wow! which like I said earlier, you know, 5G phones are normally 13, 14, 1500 bucks. If they hit that price point and the rest of the specs match up and they're able to provide a good experience, it's, they're gonna sell a ton of them, especially for those early adopters who just yep. want 5G, but don't want to spend, you know, over a thousand dollars on a phone. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what TCL does there.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about, you know, the 800 pound gorilla that's waiting in the room, right? Apple. Yeah, uh, the last time Apple released a lower cost phone, um, it was the SE. They sold a ton of them. Yep. And everyone has been waiting us for a sequel to this for a couple several years now. Uh, right now, the iPhone eight uh, is their lost leader at four hundred and forty nine dollars, which I think is a great phone. I had my mom buy one. She loves it. It's still a very solid device. Uh, and the A11 chip and it actually smashes most of the uh, the uh, you know the android phones on the market and still have comp- computation capability but it is getting a little worse for wear um, it might not make it for 5 years on the current apple you know ios upgrade path it's probably good for another 3 uh, although some are saying that ios 14 will be deployed even to the to the se so that might it, it might get us another year um, an A13 chip upgrade would really make the, the iPhone 8 design a nice lower-end device. And this might be happening with the iPhone 9, which, of course, we'd expect there to be no 3D Touch. We probably would still have to maintain a Touch ID sensor. Yeah. Um, if they priced it at, you know, 400 or $500, um, this would pretty much annihilate anything on the market, I, I, all, high-end Androids included. Yeah, so
0: the current rumor right now is that this phone's gearing up for production, may already be in production, and we'll see it unveiled in March, uh, and maybe call the iPhone 9, which technically there isn't an iPhone 9, so the name's available, uh, but yeah, a low-end, not low-end, because it's still going to have all the same specs and processing power as their higher-end phones, but a budget-friendly iPhone would, you know, the SE sold a ton, and uh I would imagine the iPhone nine would would sell like crazy. The iPhone eleven is Apple's top selling phone right now, or was through the holiday season at yep. six hundred ninety nine dollars. Do You imagine a phone at three ninety
1: nine? Well, yeah, but plus you, you're coming in if you're a prior prior Apple owner, you're going with an upgrade and a trade in. The you're gonna you're gonna knock that down a little bit too. So that's 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 how that cycle keeps going on and on and on and on. Yeah. One thing I want to add about. All these phones and these manufacturers, and you know, we haven't spoken about it yet, and I really don't want to talk about it, but I think we kind of have to address it. Is you know, all these phones are made in China. Now we know what's going on in China right now. In the last two, three, four weeks, we have seen the the, the a tremendous outbreak of this coronavirus. Um, we hope that this gets resolved. We hope that these people get better soon. We hope that you know the medical teams can can do their best. Um, but we know that it's going to affect production in these major cities like Shenzhen and, you know, all these cities are that are being locked down now from travel um, are all major production centers for all these types of technologies. Yeah. And if they, if people can't go to work, if, if transportation is inhibited, it's going to affect the output of the entire technology industry in China. So any predictions that we have about them being able to produce these phones is it going to be 100%. Percent but dependent on people being able to go up, out, and go to work. Yeah, right?
0: great point. Great point. So, a caveat with that. Absolutely. And I think overall, though, I hope everyone gets better, and you know, we're, they're too. able to get that under control. Overall, going into the rest of the year, we have a lot to look forward to with saving money and getting high-quality smartphones. And I can't wait to see some of these start hitting the market. You know, as soon as they can. Um, that, I think that's probably a good place to end. I'm Jason Cipriani.
1: And I'm Jason Porlo
0: and this is Jason Squared. Make sure to check out more of our videos at ZDNet.com.